Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Right now it's 9 degrees. I'm Lewis Budko. News next at 10.30. Jim Fannin is in for Tom McConnell and has Chris McCool, Karen Fraser, Vox Populi and so much more. And it all starts now on the Jim Fannin Show on Newstalk 610 CKTV. Live from 28th Street in the Garden City, St. Catharines, this is the Jim Fannin Show on News Talk 610 CKTV. Call anytime, 905-688-2582. Toll free at 1-877-610-CKTV. Pound 610 on the Bell Mobility Network or 61010. And now, Jim Fannin. I've made one mistake in my life. I should have burned a Berlin down. And now the drugs are slowly wearing off. And your smile looks more like a frown. I give you freedom. You are alone. Welcome back. I am Jim Fannin. Covering for Tommy today. Cool little intro. New intro. Patrick Smolarek running the board. Bucko doing the news today. We're running right till 1 o'clock. Fantastic. Good Friday to you. Genius of you to listen. I'm coming in after the, the golden voice of Lee Sterry. Big shoes to fill. Longtime radio guy, Lee Sterry. He's got the voice of your great-grandfather, Velvet Straight Up. 905-688-2582. We're stacked today. we got a great show for you. The millionaire kid is on his way. He'll be here soon. We're going to talk to him about what it's like to be 20 years old and scratch a ticket and win a million dollars on his way to work. He buys it at Sunoco in Niagara Lake. He goes into his shorter or cook job at Niagara Lake, scratches the ticket at work, walks into his shift manager and says, I don't know that I can finish my shift. I just want a million bucks. The guy says, you have to finish your shift. He paid a kid a hundred bucks to come in and cover for him so he could cut out early. Tyler Barron, you're on the clock. Get in here. Millionaire kid will start us off with a feel-good story. And then not such a feel-good story. The Burgoyne Bridge is falling down. What? I thought it was London Bridge is falling down. The Burgoyne Bridge, the contractors that are working on the bridge won't walk across the bridge. Really? We know that the replacement is going to be built beside it, but for 10 days the pile driving is stopped. And the official word from the region is, is that they're wrapping things up for the Easter weekend. They don't want to bother people. Well, why did you stop last week then? So we'll talk a little bit about the structure, what's going on there, the actual logistics of what they're doing. They're pile-driving 150 feet into the ground. 50 feet down is bedrock, and that's where the cedar piers go to now. But the feeling is this intense pile-driving that they're doing is shaking the stability and the integrity of the existing bridge. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Chris McCool comes in. He's a violinist with the Sultans of String. They have a gig with the NSO, the Niagara Symphony Orchestra, April 22nd. Sorry, 27th. 
they got a family show the day before, so Chris McCool's coming in. We're going to talk about the Sultans of String and their event with the NSO. And then Riley Cote, one of my favorite interviews. Here's an ex-Philadelphia Flyer, tough guy, scored a goal. and He did score a goal in the NHL against Carey Price. I always work a Carey Price jab in there when Riley Cote comes on. Riley Cote is also the assistant coach for the Adirondack Phantoms, formerly the Philadelphia Phantoms. I think they're going back to Philadelphia Phantoms. He runs an organization called Healing Hemp Foundation, Hemp Heals Foundation, sorry. So he'll come in and talk to us about what he's up to, exit meetings on Sunday for his team, and what he's doing with the Hemp Heals Foundation. Vox Populi comes up at 11.30. We'll have two minutes for you to go nuts, run rampant. I'll back up and let you go. No participation for me. So Vox Populi, 11.30 to 12.30. And then at 12.30, Karen Frazier's coming in. Niagara Falls, uh, heavily involved with the Green Party in Niagara Falls. And also the revitalization down the Queen Street District. She's quite involved with the music industry down there. And she is launching, or launched, an event called Mo Mondays. Second Tuesday of every month, you get six speakers of up to 10 minutes and then a live band talking about transformation, inspirational stories. I actually picked up a gig for me. I'm going to do a little 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Yeah, it's probably the hope. They'll be hoping it was 10 seconds when I'm done my 10 minute speech. And then 1245, Darren Platicus comes in and going to talk about. Inspiring Canadians to value geographic and spatial thinking. Right here on 610 CKTB. More after this. The Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at 61010. Welcome back. I am Jim Fannin. They are the propeller heads. Solid bumper. We love bumpers around here on the Jim Fannin Show. Filling in for Tommy till 1 o'clock. First out of the gate, we're going bridge is falling down. Why won't the contractors walk over the bridge? That freaks me out. Apparently, some residents close by to the pile driving for the new supports that are steel and going 150 feet into the earth are complaining that their pictures are falling off the wall and their foundations are shifting. You know those those link houses, those townhouses are going down Hainer Street. They're right underneath the bridge. Most of them didn't take the ridiculous offer that the region offered them in 2012 to get out. A friend of mine, a former client, said no. And then after they started pile driving, 
called Harry Schlang and said, I'll take the money. Get me out of here. So a few complaints have come in. Ten days ago, the pile driving stopped. Why? The official word from the region is they wrapped it up for Easter weekend. What? Ten days early? So all has been quiet down at the Burgoyne Bridge. And here's how... Here's something I didn't know. The Burgoyne Bridge actually sits on cedar piers that are sunk 40 to 50 feet into the earth until it hits bedrock. And I don't know how they drove these things in back in the day, but when they hit bedrock, the cedar would mushroom at the top. And then they pour concrete over it, and then the struts or the supports are attached to those. And if you're going down there, you can actually see some of these concrete piers with the wood sticking out of it. Now, it doesn't prove that it's not structurally sound, but we've done some repairs to increase the integrity of that bridge, zippers with metal rivets and whatnot, and apparently they are not in good shape. (laughs) My question is, if we build this twin bridge and we knock the hell out of the old bridge, what happens if the old bridge slams into the new bridge? I was hoping we could keep this thing for pedestrian traffic, but, I mean, if the contractors won't even walk over it, I don't want to get stuck in traffic on that bridge. I can tell you that. You want to get in on the conversation, you got something to offer. 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-CKTB, pound 610 on the Bell Mobility Network. And I promise I'll get my text up and run in here. 61010 gets you straight into the booth. Preston, I appreciate your time today. What do you got on the bridge for me? Well, what I've got is I took uh, Mr. Petrowski down to see one of the legs. The bridge is sitting on towers. And one of the legs on one of the towers next to the water was behind some bushes. But I could see that the uh, cross bracing going up that column had all rusted off. So he took pictures of it. I tried to get the attention of the region because they said they didn't have to do anything with it for another seven years. Mm. Okay, this was in 2010. I put it in the Winner's Circle newsletter. I took the picture up to the engineer. I won't bother mentioning his name because they get very sensitive about that. And when I handed them the picture, he looked at it. I explained where I took the picture. He said, what am I supposed to do with this? So I told him where he could shove it. I said, I'm not the engineer that will be asked questions if that bridge fails. No. We're four years later, and they're still giving excuses. The bridge is 90 feet from the water. Mm. The bridge was built when, when we had Model T trucks that wouldn't compare with the pickup these days. And what do we got? We got 30,000, 40,000, uh, or 30 or 40,000 ton trucks going across there, big city buses going across there. And you've got the workers on that bridge afraid to walk across there? That's what I'm hearing unofficially, but, I mean, this is over beers with one of the engineers who I believe was from Ireland. And also, uh, someone told me 3,700 jobs this this bridge is going to employ, and most of those jobs were not slated to go to local firms. Now I understand that the local union 
has got in there, and that's going to stop. But, uh, you know, there's so much going on with this thing. I don't know. I just like to get it right, and I'd hate for us to to build a complete bridge two years later, find out that uh, we missed something or that we, you know, we created... uh, a hazard. The last thing I need to see is a, a catastrophe in St. Catharines because of the pile driving for the new bridge has weakened the integrity of the existing bridge. <laughs> yeah, ain't it amazing? Back a hundred years ago, they could build that bridge to last as long. We can't build a bridge these days to go thirty years. Thanks for your time, Preston. I appreciate it. That's Preston Haskell. If you can recognize the voice, I thought he said he. Andy Petrowski down and hung him over the bridge. I thought he was going to say, I was hoping he was going to say, I took Andy down to the bridge and dangled him from his feet. Could probably sell tickets for that. I know you're listening, Andy. Much love. Thank you, Preston, for getting in. In talking with my contact uh, the other day, I was kind of concerned. Number one, I thought, well, geez, if they stop pile driving, that's kind of a story. No one's really picking up on that. So, I got a hold of the contractor. You know, I go from reception, Rachel, and then France Lindsay is the assistant to the project manager. She put me in touch with Pommy Drollet, who is the project manager. Finally got a, a hold of Pommy and told him, you need a good sandwich? Make sure you're getting you and your boys down to the mansion house. He was glad to hear that. They got cold beer? Yeah, we'll see you there. Pommy said, listen. All communication goes through the region. I can't say anything to you about what's going on. Okay? Sean O'Brady is the contact at the region. Sean couldn't talk to me directly when I posed the question to him, what's going on there? He said, let me get back to you. And then he came back to me with the official word that construction or the pile driving of these steel beams that are going 150 feet down and i mentioned already the existing piers are actually wood and they only go to the bedrock well these steel beams are going straight through the bedrock so you can imagine what's happening to the properties around them as far as damage of things falling off the walls or or structural damage to their property some are indicating many of these people have sold out to the region already. In fact, strangely enough, the first guy to sell out in 2012 is employed by the region. He's actually Gary Burrow's assistant. Robinson is his name. He was the first guy to get out. I think before anybody else knew what was going on, possibly. I don't know if there's a conflict there. But many of these people had the region come in and say, no, we're not taking your offer. I think one of the sales that I pulled up, obviously, I got access to that information through my real estate software. One of the sales I saw come up, it was a $40,000 lift over four years they got paid out. So the original sale was four years ago. The resale to the region was $40,000 more after four years. So Sean O'Brady calls me and says, no, we're just wrapping up for Easter. Now, I don't want to be confrontational. On the phone. So I said, okay. I just took that. He said, but the actual project manager for this uh, here at the region, who's responsible for it, 
We'll be back on Monday, and we're glad to come on the radio and talk about it at that time. So it just seemed like, uh, I don't know, it didn't seem too believable to me that they were wrapping up just for the, the long weekend when there hadn't been going, all week there had been no pile driving. It's been quiet down there, and man. Jeff in St. Catharines, you're on the Tom McConnell Show. Hi, Jim. It's uh, Jeff Lokes. Just wanted to say that uh, uh, thank you for bringing this issue forward. It's uh, it's uh, an important issue to uh, people in the South End as well as downtown who use that bridge all the time. Uh, increasing importance for the West End uh, as we build more and more infrastructure out there. So uh, having heard this, I'm going to get on it. And you know, Jim, when I get on something, I dig my teeth in and, and stick to it. I've seen you so, in action. Yes. So what's your main concern? Are you concerned, as I am, that the uh, integrity of the existing bridge might not provide a safe travel across it? I mean, I don't want to alarm people or be sensational, but, I mean, I drive across that bridge all the time without thinking two things about it, and now I'm like, well, maybe I need to reassess that. Well, I think there's a number of things to be concerned about. Um, If the pile driving is creating severe vibration, uh, they've removed a number of trees along that bank. Uh, there could be slope stability issues and so on. So if there are concerns, it's really important that this comes out, that the public is aware of what's going on, um, that we're taking appropriate action. And if the region is stopping for those reasons, uh, it's important that they be forthright, transparent, and let us know. Well, here's the thing, too. I don't know if many people know this, but they're putting, what, 400 beams, 150 feet into the ground. They're going to be pile-driving for over a year down there. So if, you know, the the neighboring residents are complaining after three days of it, they've got another 365 days of straight pounding to go. And I feel for the guys that work shifts. Like, how are you going to sleep during the day? Well, this kind of stuff you know, going on. I live uh, within earshot of going through that for the... Uh, for the hockey arena. And uh, I would say that, you know, I'm not as close as some of those people are. It's definitely a lot closer than uh, the arena was uh, from most residential. Uh, So when we look at all the houses that are in close proximity to that, I can see that being a major concern. If it's actually causing damage, we should be concerned about that. Uh, And uh, I wonder if there were alternative methods considered in the proposal process, uh, or if this was the only method that we had to choose from. But, you know, ultimately, I don't fear for uh, the stability of the new bridge. I think it's going to be a safe structure. Um, You know, I'm not an engineer, but I certainly have faith that they'll build a good bridge. It's the damage that they do in the meantime, and the potential damage to what is an inherently unstable slope along the 12-mile creek. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate your time. First-time caller, everyone I'm filling in. I've heard him on Tommy's show before. Jeff Lauks getting in on the Burgoyne Bridge or the replacement of the Burgoyne Bridge. Up next, the millionaire kid is in the booth. We're going to find out how cool is it to scratch a million-dollar ticket. And can you lend me some money? 905-688-2582. We're not taking your calls, but just so you know, this is 610 CKTV. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610.
Call now. 905-688-2582. 1-877-610-2582. Or text us at 61010. Welcome back. I'm Jim Fannin, covering for Tommy till 1 o'clock today on a good Friday. Happy good Friday to you. Hope you're doing something cool with it. A bird in the oven or something. Andy Petrowski's on fire on the text message. 61010, if you want to get in by text. Joining me right now, I teased it enough, the millionaire kid, T-Baron, what up? Not much, how's it going? It's all good, brother. Thanks for coming in. Tell us the story. You're rolling to your job as short order cook in Niagara Lake, pull into a gas station, you buy a scratch ticket. Oh yeah, it was crazy. I used to do, I spent like my whole two months rent just chasing this ticket for no reason. Come I on. Know why. Yeah. You didn't know why. I don't know. You just, felt like you were good. You had to, you felt a feeling of winning. Yeah. That's why some, you've been chasing it. Yeah. I had a dream actually. That now I, that's just that you're responsible. I thought you were just lucky. I didn't know you're <laughs> stupid. Okay. So you have this feeling that you, you, you're destined to win. Yeah. So you're chasing, you're going around buying just cash for life tickets. No, it was uh, the extravaganza. Okay. $10 ticket. I was buying like 10, 20 at a time, just trying to win this million dollars for some reason. <laughs> then I got fed up with it. I was like, you know what? I'm not buying this anymore. And I get into work. I'm like, hey, it's payday. I'm going to go put some gas in the car, grab some smokes, and go to work. Uh-huh. I get into the gas station. Like, do you want your usual tickets? And I was like, skeptical. I'm like, oh, no, I can't spend any more money. Finally, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'll grab the last two that I was going to grab. I walk into work, look at my boss, tell him, uh, wish me good luck. He goes, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> We'll see. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Good luck on the scratch tickets? Because yeah. he knows you bring them in every day? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm sitting there, I scratch the first one, nothing, then I'm like getting really ticked off. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Finally, I'm scratching the next one, looks like there's nothing going on, then all of a sudden, like, one million shows up, and then nothing, then one million shows up, and then nothing, then nothing shows up, and then all of a sudden, I seen the one and the M, and then, like, I just stopped, like, went lightheaded, I was like, there's no way. Then all of a sudden, I scratched the rest of it started flipping out in the middle of work. I guess so. Trying to call my fiance while she's over at work. She doesn't believe me. Her and my mom are sitting there. I'm trying to convince them for like 20 <laughs> minutes. My dad won 10 grand when I was a kid. Picked me up from the hockey. And he says, uh, Jimmy, you're not going to believe it. I said, Dad, I don't believe you. He said, no, really, I won 10 grand. I said, yeah, come on. He's over at his buddy Doug Whitten's place. He used to take me for hockey really early in the morning, go to Doug's, have coffee, pick me up at 7.30. Took me out of school, and we went and picked the check up, and that was the coolest thing. But uh, the deal was, with Doug Whitten, if either one of them bought, uh, won, the other guy got 10%. So Doug Whitten had a 1000 bucks coming to him. My dad went and gave it to him in singles. <laughs> Took him a shoebox of singles. <laughs> Did you have to pay anybody out after your winnings? No. You didn't have an agreement with anyone, eh, we're kind of going on this and that kind of thing? Oh, so no, now, heard. after you scratched it, what did you tell your boss? You didn't tell him I quit. I'm out of here. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah, I thought you. <laughs> I thought you said, uh, "Yeah, I'd like to leave," and he said, "No, finish your shift." You had to yeah, pay some kid to come in and finish it. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. I'm like, "Hey, man, I gotta go." Like the everyone's te- uh, phones were getting texted. Like I didn't have a phone at the time, so everyone else's phone was like blowing up. Everyone's like trying to come down into the place to come talk to me, and like people just showed up out of the woodworks and everything. But I looked at my boss. I was like, "I gotta go," and he goes, "Like, can you at least finish your shift?" I'm like. Okay, fine. And then I go up to one of my buddies I was working. I'm like, here, I'll give you $50 to finish my shift. He's like, sure. 
He didn't know that I won or nothing like that <laughs> at the time. So I'm like, yeah. he would have held you for 200 yeah. if he had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I paid him, and I'm like, here, take my shift, left, and then didn't go back. So what'd you do with the coin? Y'all gone? Am I all gone? No way. Yeah, okay. No. You put it away. I know you bought a house. That's cool. Here's the call I get. Uh, two days before, I get a call from a good buddy of mine I went to high school with. Ren's father died. Renee, a buddy of mine's father died. I'm like, oh, man, that's the worst. The next morning, your dad calls me. Jim, it's Vinny. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, we need to buy a couple houses. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, good. Well, I'm your guy. Uh, yeah, Tyler just scratched the ticket for a million bucks. It's, who's Tyler? Because the last time I met you, you are four. <laughs> so you bought a house. What else you got going on? No, it's open in a club now. I went down to see the the old bank. What was it? The, the, yeah, the old bank lounge. Ferry and... Main and Ferry. Main and Ferry. Cool club. I yeah. went in there when he was trying to sell it privately. We went in and did an appraisal for him. So the place looks good. Yeah. When's that going to open up? Uh, May 7th, we have the Locks playing. May 9th, we have Swollen Members playing. And I'm like, uh, right now, talking to Greg Norrie about getting Trouble Charger in there. Um, down with Webster in the fall. I've got like, trying to work on getting Kim Mitchell, Honeymoon Suite. Like, I don't want to. Cool. Just... We'll hook you up with 97.7. You can partner with those guys and spend some dough with those guys, and they'll pump your shows for you, I'm sure. Yeah, that'd I've be already great. made some calls for you, so I'll get you in touch with them guys next week. And what, you put a recording studio in your basement? Yeah. I've, How's like, that working out? You get any you getting any traffic there? You doing any business from it? Or are you just messing around by yourself? Yeah, pretty much. So what are you looking for? Are you looking for people to come in and cut albums? Is it that quality studio? Any, yeah, anything. You just you want to do an EP, LP, full album. You can do I do web design and I can design your album covers, make you music videos, everything like that. So you're out of the kitchen? Oh yeah. John in St. Catharines, you're on the with Millionaire Kid. Hi, this is John. Hey John. Uh, how you doing? Unbelievable. Yeah, I just want a cautionary tale for the kid there. If you remember about five, six years ago, the guy in Merton there, Carly. Oh, yeah. What a mess. He won the $5 million. Now, I mean, there's more extenuating circumstances behind everything, but the main thing was that he had the dream. He went out and he won 50000 bucks. He went and kept buying tickets. And people said, you won fifty grand." Take it and, and he run. Says, no. Yep. He says, that's not it. And they finally sent his, his buddies out to that Avondale there. Mm-hmm. That's not there anymore. And uh, they got the $5 million. And so then, of course, that went through the court case. And he's had he got in with the guys from Toronto for these different bars there that none of them opened. And he had his Carly's there, and it's gone. And I, for, for all I know, he doesn't have anything left of it. So I just want to let him know, you know, be smart with the money. It's your money. You can spend it the way you want. But... Don't want to be sitting here five years later going, where'd it go? Yeah. Thanks, John. I appreciate your time. T. Barron in the house. Uh, are you still chasing tickets? Oh, I did for the longest time. Are you now, though? you spending your winnings no, chasing no, tickets still? not really. You're not destined to. The lightning doesn't strike twice, or does it for you? Are you that lucky? Well, yeah. Like, uh, what was it, two weeks after that, I went and bought a Lotto 649. I was one number away from $30 million. Oh, and, I, yeah, and I ended up... Uh, just went in like $3,000, but... Wow. Tyler Barron, we'll do one more segment when we come back. I got I to gotta, I gotta tell you a story about the house he bought that came with an African gray parrot and what she says <laughs> to you when you're headed out the door right here on 610 CKTV. This is the Jim Fannin Show. On Niagara's News Talk 610, call now, 905-688-2582. 
1-877-610-2582 or text us at 61010. Welcome back. I'm Jim Fannin, covering for TMC today till 1 o'clock. Happy Good Friday to you. We're doing something great with it. The Millionaire Kid joins me for another segment here, talking a little bit of feel-good story. 20 years old, rolls into a Sunoco on Nagano Lake and scratches a, what what kind of ticket was it? Uh, Extravaganza. Extravaganza (laughs) wins a million bucks. Now, who'd you have to take care of? Who'd who'd you give money to? My parents. My fiance's parents. Yeah? Significant amount. Can you tell us how much? I gave each of them $100,000. Nice. And then what'd you do? Put half a mil away? Yeah. In the long term, can't touch it? Yeah. It's been jumping around from different investors, but finally now I'm with my cousin who invests all my money, and she's doing way better than the other two did. (laughs) Nice. Now, you decided to buy a house. Pretty good on you. I mean, your dad was, one of his first calls was to me to say, hey, we need to buy a house, and he he knows, uh, you know, it's a pretty good investment. Poor Robinson, though? Oh, Why'd you you land on Port Robinson? You just spin a wheel? The the house. I see it uh, I seen it on Realtor.ca, and I just loved the whole look of it. And then it just turned out it was in Port Robinson, which I was like, right. uh, But then once I got there, it's wicked because it's got all my dirt bike trails right there. I yep. jump on my KTM takeoff. It's not really anyone that bugs you. It's a great neighborhood, and it's... Now, I did this in a negotiation tool with uh, my buddy Stewie that owns a mansion house, who you know, right? Yeah. Um. He goes in competing offers. He's got five competing offers. I'm his realtor, obviously. We go in. There's the three ducks that Mary, the owner of the property, has. And I'm like, dude, we need to put the ducks in the offer. Like, this is good <laughs> business, right? When Mary saw the ducks in the offer, she she lit up. She thought it was so cool that the new owners wanted the ducks. She wanted them, the ducks to live. And they're hundreds of years old. And I don't know, even though they're still around. Your house... We managed to get an African gray parrot in. Yeah. And I love, and this thing won't shut up, right? No. So I love the story of Breeze, your uh, wife, fiance, girlfriend, partner, sitting at the table, and, and, the, and the bird constantly, when you're eating, is what? Oh, say, say please. Say please. Say please. Over and over and over. So Breeze is telling me the story. Say please. Say please. Say please. She's like, Misty, shut up. And there's this long pause. And then the bird goes, F.O. <laughs> Did you know the bird swore? No, or just started swearing because he hangs around you guys now? No, probably. That's a great story, man. <laughs> I thought it was And he didn't say, uh, you know, uh, I'm shortening it up for you, but I love when you go to the door and you get that zipper sound. Oh, yeah. So are you tired of the bird? And if you sell the house, is the bird going to go with it or are you attached to it now? <laughs> no, I'm attached to that bird cool. now. She's hilarious. I love her. So you put some money away. You're good. You're opening a club. You got a little recording studio in your basement that you're having some fun with. What, you bought dirt bike, a Harley, Cadillac, the usual. You you got yourself a bunch of toys, and now you're actually still working for a living. Yeah, I was trying to go back to work and back and forth if I wanted to or not. You back in the kitchen at all? Because I know that's your your talent, right? Trained chef? Yeah, and then, um, I don't know, I wanted to go back to work, but then I didn't at the same time. Then finally I was like... Okay, if I don't find a way to get my studio up and going or something else, mm-hmm. then I got to go back to work. And then I ended up finding, I was looking for a place to put my studio so that it was more open and people could find it better. Right. Rather than have it in my basement. So then I found the place that I'm opening now with my partner, Travis. It's called The Spot. I found there, it looked for it was for lease, and I was going to put my studio in there. And then I found out what they were trying to do with it. So when I hadn't made a couple calls, trying to talk to Greg Norrie, see if it's a good idea and yep. all this, and then... 
finally went forward with it and we're under renovations now got a couple people playing and right so you moved your studio into the new club on uh main and ferry oh no i didn't yet okay trying to figure if we can lease the basement instead of doing that. oh yeah the old bank vaults downstairs would make for a good studio right yeah we talk about soundproof yeah get some soundproofing (laughs) on the walls would be great yeah they got those big vault doors in there i want to get rid of them because we're not the bank anymore (laughs) yeah the spot now that thing's failed uh, numerous times with a bunch of different owners not a lot of parking down there what are you going to do different to keep the doors open in that place you've got to be a big nut crack in there monthly lease eh yeah it's a pretty steep lease and it's a triple net lease too and everything Mm -hmm. but you know, we had this uh, thing going with United Grocers. Hopefully, it falls through that we use a, their parking lot. And also, the other old, o- the old owners of the place, they all just stayed open like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. And you can't make enough money to keep that place going on three days. You, so you're going to be diverse. You're going to have line dancing on Mondays, and oh, then yeah. <laughs> and then hip hop on Tuesdays, and then wings on Wednesday. Like, are you going to be all one genre? Or are you going to branch out? I'm going to branch out, like um, like I said. You're going to look more for live performances, I guess. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And DJs, I mean the club scene, right? What's the capacity of that club? Uh, Somewhere around 450. Nice. A little bit more, a little bit less. It's good-looking club. It's got upstairs VIP, the, the balcony that overlooks it. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, we were doing the two hip-hop shows coming up May 7th and May 9th, and then... uh trying to work on things with the sheepdogs and trouble charger and even kim mitchell and stuff i don't want to just appeal kim to mitchell he's dead <laughs> didn't you know he died no he didn't oh okay well he's dead to me <laughs> he's a dj at 107 <laughs> oh yeah okay that kim mitchell <laughs> max webster man it's going yeah. way back universal juvenile is one of my favorite albums yeah kim mitchell's probably still a great uh, great gig too oh yeah and imagine Peter Fredette's still playing guitar with him. Yeah. Talented kid. Bringing a lot of people, because you know what? It's like all the other clubs are just focusing on like little teens and people yeah. in their 20s. That's pretty you much You going it. all ages, or you can just be strictly no, no. Uh, 19 and older? Yeah, 19 and no, older. Why do you stay away from all ages? Uh, those kids got to drink four, $4 bottle of waters, no? Yeah, but it's the liability issues. Yeah. That place already has a bad rep for that. For cops and liquor license guys, you get yeah. you get more problems when you go all ages? Yeah. So you're just going to stay with the 19 or older? Yeah, 19 or older and everything. Great. So when's the launch date? When are you going to be open? May 7th and May 9th, we have those two shows. And then uh, hopefully we're going to have everything set in place for a grand opening on the 18th of May so that we're open for May 2-4. So you're going to do a soft open before your shows? No, I don't think so. Do you? Are you going to have steam whistle there? Uh, I can't remember. We're going through all. You're going to have steam whistle there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think we're uh, no, we're pretty much staying exclusive to Molson. Are you? And then uh, we also why? Because you like Molson? Yeah. Oh, boy. But uh, no, we also worked it out with them for like Moosehead, and then we got uh, a couple exotic beers I've never heard of. There's a uh, Eight Sin, and okay. uh, what was the other one? Barking Squirrel. Yeah. And then uh, like Wood Chuck Cider and cracked canoe it's all these like exotic weird beers i've never heard so you're gonna have lounges and couches and chairs upstairs yeah we have like the tables then we have the couches and then we have like so what we're trying to do is like the tables would be like vip the couches would be like vip gold and then there's two huge sectionals going in that would be like vip is that waterfall going to be functional there's a I, that is a waterfall, yeah, right? It just yeah. doesn't look like one. A functioning water indoor waterfall. Oh yeah, supposed we, to just, be. we just painted it the other day. Is it going to be fun? Like Are you going to make it work or? Too much I'd, of a pain in the ass. I'd like to, but liability issues. And, yeah, I don't insurance know, too, probably. Have some drunk people trying to climb a waterfall. <laughs> great idea. <laughs> he is T Baron. We call him the Millionaire Kid. Thanks for coming in and spending some time with us. A feel good story on Good Friday. Appreciate it, brother.
Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Chris McCool's coming up next. We're going to talk Sultans of Swing, Niagara Symphony Orchestra, and their event April 27th coming up at Brock University right here on 610 CKTV. Street in the Garden City, St. Catharines. This is the Jim Fannin Show on News Talk 610 CKTV. Call anytime. 905-688-2582. Toll free at 1-877-610-CKTV. Pound 610 on the Bell Mobility Network or 61010. And now, Jim Fannin. I've made one mistake in my life. I should have burned Berlin down. Welcome back. I am Jim Fannin. That is quarantine in the background. You've never heard that before, but I just can't get enough of this tune. It's become the main lead in for the show. Patrick running the board today, taking your calls. 905-688-2582 if you got something to contribute. Bust us off a call right now. We're going to Chris McCool. Chris, I really appreciate your time. Now, you are a violinist with the Sultans of String. you got to have a lot of guys that say Sultans of Swing. I mixed it up on my intro on the way in. <laughs> Sultans you know, of it String. it happens all the time. It's kind of a fun pun, but maybe a little bit too strong. <laughs> now, tell me, how did you get all involved in this, and, and who are the Sultans of String? Well, I met Kevin Leliberté, the guitar player, about 10 years ago. We were actually on a, on a jazz gig, and I heard him warming up for the first time. He was playing that rumba flamenca rhythm. You know, you can think like Gypsy Kings or Jesse Cook uh, to get that rumba rhythm in your head. And I thought, it was the first time I heard it, I thought, wow, that sounds amazing. What is that? And he said, that's rumba flamenca, the, the best rhythm around. And I learned that you can play pretty much anything to a rumba rhythm, and it actually just sounds better. So we actually we, we got a gig where we had about three hours to fill every night, and we only knew half a dozen songs together. So we made music up off the top of our heads, spontaneous compositions, and a lot of those early songs that we still play to this day. Now, you're a standalone organization, but you also hook up with other symphonies. Who have you been playing with? Oh, it's been a it's been a real ride to play with symphony orchestras. We we just finished playing it. We did a, in April. Um, we did a, an entire week with the Toronto Symphony here at uh, Roy Thompson Hall, doing education shows for students. Um, we traveled right across the country, um, playing in BC with Symphony of the uh, Kootenays, the Kamloops Symphony, closer to home, the uh, Northumberland in Coburg, the Peterborough Symphony. Next season, we're with uh, Edmonton and, and Vancouver, um, Stratford Symphony. Um, it's, it's been a real ride. What we're really looking forward to is being able to perform at the Niagara Symphony because I've heard uh, so much from other artists who have performed with them how much fun uh, they are to play with and how amazing they sound playing playing the pop charts. Yeah, they've got a lot of talent down there. I guess it starts with Bradley Thachuk, just a really great natural resource here. We're lucky to have a guy like him. So tell us a little bit about your event coming up, uh, the dates and the times, and how we can get tickets for that. Well, on, on Saturday, uh, the 26th, we're, we're actually doing a world premiere of a family show. It's, it's going to be the coolest, funnest, hippest ways, way to introduce young people to the sounds of the orchestra. So, uh, we're joining, um, the Niagara Symphony playing all kinds of, um, getting, uh, like the whole orchestra involved in really boisterous, fun, rhythmic sounds. 
and we're going to play a lot of our originals there. And then on uh, Sunday, the 27th, we do a Pops show, which means it's, you know, for adults who like going to the symphony, but want to hear something really cool and really different. It's going to be world music put to a symphony orchestra. Um, so if you go to the Niagara Symphony uh, website, you'll see all the ticketing information, and, and we have that up on our website as well at sultansofstring.com. Um, we're really looking forward to it. We've got two rehearsals with them on Friday, and uh, uh, it's so much fun, like both for us as musicians, because we get to hear dozens of musicians behind us playing our music with us. But you know, it's fun for the orchestral musicians as well, because the the arrangements that Rebecca Pellet uh, created for the show are really rhythmic, really juicy. They they utilize the entire orchestra. How important is to is it? for you to bring in the younger generation. I've been to the symphony only once, uh, thanks to the station here that had some tickets. I went to see them play the music of Bond. Always wanted to see an, uh, an orchestra or a symphony, and wow, the quality of musician was just unbelievable. The music was just uh, just a real eye-opener for me. But the uh, attendance is mostly of an older generation, a little bit more buttoned-down, real well-dressed. Tell me about your excitement of bringing in a younger crew to experience your type of music. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. The pop show works in that way as well. It does tend to bring in um, the, the the usual uh, orchestral crowd as well as some, some younger people because it's something that's kind of exciting and different and they haven't heard it before and you know, it, it it can show them that the symphony is not just about um, deceased uh, white European composers, but real living composers right here in our own country making really groovy music. And then the show for kids and families on the Saturday, um, you know, I do a lot of education and family shows because, you know, some people say, well, you know, we have to we have to have great programming for children because they're the audiences of tomorrow, which always makes my uh, the the hair stand stand up a bit on the back of my neck. Actually, kids, young people um, need amazing art, just like adults do, to make sense of the world. Right? They deserve the very best musical experiences and performing experiences, and 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 it, it helps them make sense of their world. It helps them see the the beauty in the world, and also teaches great lessons about how people have come from all around the world to make Canada and Ontario their home. This is a place where, you know, we have we have something going on here which we probably have taken it further than, than any country on earth. We've brought in immigrants from all around and with them they bring their, their musical knowledge and inspiration. And what we do as Sultans of String is throw it all into a big old blender and push puree and out comes the music. Nice. A kind of world music which I think is really uniquely Canadian. You know, where where you can have a, a Cuban percussionist performing uh, rumba flamenca rhythms from southern Spain along with uh, Arabic music on the violin and and uh, funky bass, pop, pop funk bass lines. Um, it's really a, a fun way to showcase uh, the amazing Canadian musical cultural scene. Great. And just to, as to a follow-up uh just before we go to a break, tell us a little bit about the diversity of the band and the individual talents. Who who, do, who are you playing with on a regular basis? So we've got Kevin Liberté on guitar, and he, you know, when when I met him ten years ago, he was just coming off the road performing with Jesse Cook for ten years. Um, 
performing right across Asia and, and Europe and all of North America. We've got Eddie Payton also on guitar, who's uh, equally famous in that kind of world, playing with artists like Johannes Lundstedt and, and uh, Robert Michaels. On bass, we have Drew Burston. Now, he's, he's an amazing player. He's performed on huge pop stages with artists like Chantal Kravyazuk and Melanie Doan. Um, on percussion, we've got a, a Cuban percussionist that plays a cajon, which is the Spanish word for box. You won't believe what one man can make a box sound like mm. <laughs> until you see this guy play. Um, and then myself on, uh, myself on violin, and I bring a little bit of the gypsy jazz world to the band, having played in bands like Club Django, as well as some uh, Arabic sounds, um, which uh, herald back to my ancestors from, from Lebanon. We'll carry you over to the next break, if you don't mind staying with us. And i got to get the story of Chris McCool. Who's got a better handle than Chris McCool? That is the <laughs> best name ever. So I appreciate your time, Chris. Yep. We'll come back with one more segment right here. Covering for Tom McConnell on 610 CKTV. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at Welcome back. I'm Jim Fanny, covering for TMC today till one o'clock. Chris McCool is my guest on the phone. We're listening to Luna the Whale right there. Chris, this is not simple music. This is highly complex. Tell me a little bit about how you put it together and the inspiration for some of the songs. Yeah, I think the 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 way we put it together, like the best thing I can say is that um, as a band leader, I hire the best players I can possibly find, and then you just sit back and watch the music happen. <laughs> well, I saw day. that uh, Luna the Whale on your website, Sultans of String, I believe. Yeah, and man, you I can you can make that violin talk, brother. It's it's a lot of fun, and you know, even though a lot of our music is instrumental, each song also tells a story, and and Luna the Whale is a good example of that. Um, Luna is actually a, a killer whale who got separated from his pod a few years back in the Nootka Sound off Vancouver Island, and just before Luna showed up, there was a native elder, Chief Makina, who said, "When I pass away, I'm going to come back to you in the form of a killer whale and bring to you traditional teachings," and just. Just uh, four days after Chief McKenna passed away, Luna showed up in the wow. Nuka Sound. And there's great video, like the video that you were playing that from the YouTube, that's actually video of Luna the Whale in our music video there. There was um, a, a, a videographer who was kind of embedded with the whale, just like obsessed with the whale, and got the most amazing footage. And it really inspired us. So, you know, I already had spent way too many hours in my bedroom making whale sounds on my violin. And I was really happy to be able to figure out how to use it. Um, That's you were asking about my name earlier, yeah. McCool. Uh, uh, McCool, most people think that because my last name's McCool and I play violin or fiddle that I must be Irish or Scottish and play lots of jigs and reels. Okay. But actually, McCool would have originally been pronounced Mahul in Kafir Mishki, Lebanon. 
where my grandparents on my father's side came from. So a few years ago, I grabbed my elderly father, who, who just turned 80, and we ran off to Lebanon. We, we landed in Beirut and found a, an Armenian driver who found a long and winding road to, to Kafirmishki, that tiny little village where my uh, grandparents were from. And when we landed there, we basically started walking around this little village looking for people that looked like my dad. <laughs> it was like, hey, he looks like you. He looks like you. <laughs> um, about five minutes in, we actually found my father's closest living cousin we never knew before. And another five minutes after that, we found the actual stone house where my grandfather grew up and inspired the song The Road to Kafir Mishki, which is another piece we're going to be playing with the uh, Niagara Symphony on uh, the 26th, 27th. How long is the show? How many uh, songs are you able to get in in that time? Well, the the one on the 26th, the family show, uh, it runs, I think, like 60 to 70 minutes, and we're going to try and shoehorn about 20 different musical styles in there for, wow. for the parents and the kids to hear. So a real education for people, too, a wide, diverse range of music, then? You know, it's it, you, I guess you call it like edutainment, because it's, it's more like it's entertainment, but it also can open up your eyes and ears to, to some sounds that you haven't heard before. So it doesn't feel like you're learning anything, but you walk out knowing a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't know before. Um, and certainly uh, being exposed to the orchestra is, is amazing. I mean, that's what happened to me. That's why I became a violin player, because my, my mother brought me to the orchestra when I was just a little kid, like five, six years old. And, and, I, and I told her I wanted to play the violin, and that's, that's how it all began. And then the pop show on um, on the 27th on Sunday, that runs a couple of hours. We're playing probably like 16 or 17 of our songs uh, fully orchestrated. It's, it's going to be a really special day. Chris McCool us. is the violinist for the Sultans of String. Tell me, Chris, what is your connection to Niagara, if any, and what are you looking forward to when you come down and play with the Niagara Symphony Orchestra? Well, we have played, a few years ago, we played at that great theater, the Sean O'Sullivan Theater in Brock University. And I, I love that theater. It's a thrust stage for those who, who haven't been there before. What's so, that mean? Well, it means, you know, it's like a Shakespearean stage where um, it actually goes out into the right. audience. Okay, right? so you're not some, back in a cave. You're kind of exposed on right. all sides. Yeah. You know, sometimes they, they call it the um, the invisible wall or, or whatever, the invisible right. curtain, where you feel like there's a performance that's happening out there, and you can sit back and watch it, and you might as well be watching TV, right? Eating right. popcorn. Uh-huh. Not at that theater. <laughs> that theater, there's no separation between the performance happening on stage and Well, that's the what I love about it, because even sitting on the side, I really have a great vantage point where you can see the whole orchestra and... Uh, uh, there's not a bad seat in that house. You know, if I see you there, on, sitting there on the side, I might give you a maraca or something. <laughs> I'll be there, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, yeah, we have performed there before, but that was a few years ago, and it was certainly nothing like what we're going to experience on the weekend. Um, How's it fair for sound quality compared to where you usually play? Is it as oh, good? or It's world-class. It is, eh? You know, no, Because we're looking I'm forward serious. to a new house coming down here downtown, right? Performing well, Arts Center. I know, and it... Well, Look, there, you can never have enough performing arts centers. Yeah, there you go. Right? I mean, there's enough performing art, artists out there yeah. <laughs> uh, to be able to support it. I love that theater, and I'm also really excited about the new theater that, that, that they're building. There's room for it all. There's room for all of it. And there's so many different, um, so many different ways that you can present art, too. You know, you can present, like, as a band, we love 
playing on humongous stages with giant subs and, and huge speaker stacks. We also love playing in people's living rooms. Right? Cool. You, you need it all to be able to... How about in my producer's studio? We'll drag you down here and get you to play some live bumper music for us on 610 CKTV. That would be cool, pardon the you pun. You got it. <laughs> yeah, that would there. be McCool. Uh, tell me a little <laughs> bit on the way out, Chris, about your motivation. How do you stay... You know, I've got two guitars. I can't play a lick. You know, I pick it up and my fingers get sore. My hands start to cramp up. I'm like, this sucks. How do you stay with it? How do you stay motivated for the kids that might be listening to you out there, the first-timers that are picking up a string violin or a, a guitar and just, you know, they, they quit after they get in a couple of weeks? You know, I think, I, I think one of the things that, that I realized pretty early on is that music is really a window that can open up the entire world for you. Like, I really mm. felt, as a kid, I felt kind of geeky and isolated and, and sometimes I was down on myself. But being able to communicate through music mm. just opened up the entire world. And now, whenever I travel, I always bring an instrument with me because even if I don't speak the language of the place I'm going to, it truly is the international language. Like, if people see you have an instrument nice. on your back, even if you don't play well, they'll be like, oh, come on over, come on and jam, and you can play with people. So this it's- has got to become uh, a form of self-expression for you, You're just like uh, communicating with your voices, uh, you-, you communicate with your music. That's it. I, I think music really saved my life in that way. Awesome. What a great story. Chris, I'm really happy for you to come in and take some time and culture us up a little bit as far as what you do and, and your time with the Niagara Symphony Orchestra. I will catch that show, and uh, I hope to come up and uh, shake your hand and welcome you to Niagara. Fantastic. Look forward to seeing you there. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks for your time. Bye now. That's Chris McCool. Sultans of String playing with the NSO April 26th and 27th. 26th is an all-ages kids show. You want to get in for that? Riley Cote up next. Tough guy from the Philadelphia Flyers, coach of the Phantoms, and head of the Healing Hemp Foundation. We'll talk to him next on 610 CKTV. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at 61010. Welcome back. I'm Jim Fannin. Coming right up after this, Vox Populi is a little delayed. We're going to go to Riley Cote on the phone, so hold your calls. Vox Populi starts at 11.45. We'll give you the 12.30, two minutes to sound off on whatever you want. Riley, thanks for taking the time to come in. Tell me about the team. Well, uh, we're not making playoffs this year, but uh, we've gotten points uh, five of our last six games, so we're finishing off pretty strong. Boys are playing well, but uh, unfortunately we're not going to be in playoffs. So. Now, you're going uh, back to... Yeah. Philadelphia Phantoms, what happens next year? I know you're moving, right? Yeah, the team is moving to Allentown, PA, uh, Lehigh Valley there. So, okay. uh, yeah, that's the plan. I'm, my contract's up, but, uh, you know, farmer's handshake uh, with management that I'll be there. So, uh, Tell me about management down there. you got a pretty good crew, eh? Yeah, management's real good. I mean, Flyers are so loyal, and, uh, you know, they're the culture of the Flyers is kind of, um, obviously, rich history and, a lot of old flyer guys there, and they're just loyal to you guys that uh, you know that do you know do the right things and are professionals. And um, and I'm happy to be in the organization, so I can't uh, say anything but good things about them all. 
Now, Hextall is what, the GM down there? How many other uh, former Flyers you got ha- ha- helping out in management? Jeez, well, we got Paul Holmgren as general manager. Okay. Uh, Ron Hextall, assistant manager. Uh, right. Um, and then you got Dave Brown, who's player personnel, and you obviously got you know Craig Berube. Um, you got, I mean, you got uh, Ian Laperriere. There's other guys in management. Uh, John Paddock, all played for Flyers. Um, so lots of uh, you know Terry Murray's head coach here, the Phantoms. So he's obviously ex Flyer, ex Flyer coach. Right. Um, so they're very loyal that way. Yeah. Now tell tell me about the history of the Broad Street Bullies, and does it still translate? Do you still got a tough guy mentality in the NHL and the farm team? Well, I think so. I think the Flyers have kind of always have their identity as far as the way the rules rules are and the rule changes in the NHL. Um, I think you know the old you know the big time heavyweight enforcers kind of out the door. But uh, as far as the style of play, they, I think they always want to be an aggressive uh, you know physical team. Um, sticking up for each other, and uh, you know, you know, you want bigger bodies in the back end. They're kind of always been set up the same way, um, but again, like the, the heavyweight kind of guys are out the door. It's more, you know, like the Ronaldo's, the energy and the checking kind of types. But again, uh, Wayne Simmons, those kind of guys. Uh, but again, just that that hard style that uh, you know, it's hard to come into the Philly building and play and win games. Tell me a little bit about the NHL. What your take on the style of play today? We've got so many systems of left left wing lock and neutral zone trap. I mean, I find it hard to watch the regular season because the good games, the great games, seem to be so far and few between. Now that we've got everything on the line and playoff starts, that's kind of when hockey season kicks in for me. But tell me about the your take of the state of the NHL game today. Well, I'm not a huge fan of the direction that. Uh the NHL is going quite frankly. I mean, they put in all these rules and they, you know, they speed up the game, which I thought was a good thing at first, but then you can't hold anybody up, so there's more headshots, there's more cheap shots. Um, the refs are calling everything, so the whole game is pretty much special teams now. You know, every right. team does video and does the whole pre-scout thing. Um, so, I mean, it, everything is pretty structured, but again, at the end of the day, it's like whoever does their system the best will end up winning for the most part. Um, obviously including skill and a few other variables there. but uh, So it's not just one system that wins because everyone will be doing it. It's, uh, obviously, you got to do that system properly. But I think just the rules, the rule changes have really softened the game. The culture of the game, in my opinion, is is a lot softer. Every little touch and every little hit is a penalty now. Guys are you know, nursing the system with embellishing and diving and turning their backs to the play. Mm. The respect is out the door. Um, How about know, code? So, Talk yeah, to me a little. I really don't like the track. How about the code? Has the code diminished? You know, we used to have a common respect between guys. You know, you'd, you'd even it up uh, by dropping the gloves. Now we kind of see them taking the spears out. Has there been a change in the the code and level of respect between the NHLers? Well, I think so. I think the you know the last few dinosaurs of heavyweight sticking around still are you know still still obliged by the code, but I think. Again, like I said, the respect factor is, is kind of out the door. So now these, you know, these energy, whatever players you want to call them, energy players or rat roles or um, all of the above, you know, there's, I think those guys have the lack of respect because, again, they're really not in the same categories fighting-wise as the heavyweights, but, you know, they'll go run a, run a guy and then they don't have to answer the bell where, you know, back in the day you were forced to answer the bell and that's why the cheap shots were limited because mm. in the back of your mind, a guy like Zach Ronaldo, I always use him as an example because I like, I mean, I like the way he, <clears throat> like the way he plays. But uh, you know, back in the day, a guy like that would have had to answer to you know Tony Twist and Bob Prober and these mm. guys. Well, now you're not, you don't have to anymore. You can do your little dirty work out there, 
cheap shots, hits, all that stuff. I mean, if someone comes after you at the end of the day, you can just turtle, and your team goes on the power play. So, I mean, in my opinion, it's he, he just kind of abused the system, and, again, it shows a lack of respect because you're not answering the bell, and you're not being accountable, and that's what, you know, the whole broad sheet bullies and the culture of hockey was really based around, is accountability. Riley Cote is my guest, former Philadelphia Flyer, now coach with the Phantoms down in Philadelphia. Riley, what has life after hockey brought you? Jeez, uh, all kinds of things. So, uh, I, um, with 420 coming up, you must be busy these days. <laughs> yeah, all, all kinds of things. I mean, I'm finishing up my fourth year coaching. Um, besides that, I think I found myself personally, uh, you know, changed the way I live. You know, I've found, I've really found health, you know, you know, physical health, mental health, all that good stuff by the way I've, uh, you know, changed the way I, my diet and all that good stuff. Um, all kinds of opportunities and things kind of pop up now. Um, but everything's kind of changed as far as obviously you go from, um, playing to the other side of the fence where you're coaching. So obviously I'm breaking down the video and showing it as opposed to being shown and watching it and all that good stuff. Uh, uh but as far as being around the game itself, uh, schedule and timing and you know I'm at the rink obviously a little more hours but uh, you know I'm still around the guys and I still enjoy all that good stuff but um, you know I'm still in the Flyers organization still in the game I love so I can't complain at all tell me about the Hemp Heels Foundation I love your mantra here educate inspire empower what t- kind of turned you into an advocate for industrial hemp and two what do you think we got to do to get the states to legalize this as a, forget the recreational use of marijuana, the industrial hemp plant for cultivation in the states? Yeah, no, I agree, absolutely. I mean, it, it, I think uh, it's at the point where it's inevitable it's going to happen, it's just a matter of when. But, I mean, I just, I guess towards the end of my career, I really started, uh, you know, I've, I've, I did everything in my power to make myself better when I played. A lot of things I did were wrong. I just got turned on to hemp protein towards the end of my, my playing career. And being from Winnipeg, Manitoba, there's you know, I mean, being having a farming background with my family and stuff, uh, you know, hemp is you once you realize the power of the plant and uh, how much it brings and offers. Um, I really got interested and in, uh, you know, just kind of spreading spreading the word and really trying to just help people, empower people. Really, at the end of the day, it's there's such a disconnection with people and their health and people and what's going on in the world and you know, real life situations and and the things that are going on. And I think me people are ignorant to most facts, uh, you know, surrounding cannabis hemp. You know, they don't understand the power. They believe the propaganda. They're still brainwashed in a sense, and it's, it's just waking people up. I call it, you know, waking people up, but it's really being enlightened and having an awakening, but reconnecting with, like, it sounds, again, they're kind of, you know, earthy, but reconnecting with nature and what we're right. all about and how we have to eat and how we have to live. We're just polluted with chemicals and Everything chemical is, is is legal and is out there and is, and is in our food and our water and our in the air. But you know, then we we outlaw a plant, which just seems just seems so crazy to me. You know, so I just feel like it's up to you know us as people to stand up for it and stand up for our rights and and make a change. And that's it's, it's a slow change, but it's it's just it's happening. Now, being from Manitoba, am I is it safe to assume that you're friends uh, with Mike Fata from over at uh, Manitoba Harvest? I am, yeah. Those are those are the guys that really I got initially got hooked up with, and you know the hemp food part of it. And then after that, learning the, the nutritional profile of the hemp seeds and all that good stuff, it's just if, if if the seed could be that powerful, obviously the rest of the plant is is that powerful, and it really is as far as the uses and uh, 
you know, the durability and the strength of the fibers and how many different things you can do and, and, and again, in a clean, sustainable, renewable way instead of all this, all these pesticides and herbicides you got to spray on crops and all this other crap you got to do. And I mean, I'm sure a big, big biotech corporations will line up genetically modifying hemp and, and cannabis just like they do everything else. But, uh, you know, it, it needs to be, it needs to be grown everywhere. I mean, you can save the economy, you can save, you can be an independent country. I mean, I, I understand it's all politics and, and that stuff when it comes down to it, because it's all about money at the end of the day, and that's why it's uh, you know pushed aside. Riley Cote is my guest, former Philadelphia Flyer, head of the Hemp Heels Foundation. Tell me about the just on the way out Hemp Heels Music Festival coming up again this year. It is coming up. Uh, we're just just waiting down to lock lock down the date and the headliners here, so that should be announced here in the next week or two. So, can you tease uh, us? Can you drop a plum on us for who you might be having in to play, or is that uh, you're going to wait till it launches? I'm going to kind of wait just because it's, I want to throw around a couple of names. And get you don't want to jinx it. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, but it'll be more, you know, on the, obviously on the reggae, uh, you know, that, that kind of side of style of music again. And, um, it should be announced here right away. So I'm looking forward to that. Who's your second team if the Flyers don't make it through this round? You can't say the Canadians because Carey Price is not one of your favorite guys. I'm sure. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> oh, he's got a yeah, Carey Price like, crack in there. With Boston. With yeah, Boston. there you go. Yeah, I like the way they play. Obviously, they got a great team, but they're set history. Up, uh, they're, yeah, I mean, they got the kind of like the same kind of type of uh, you know history as, as the Flyers in a sense, and they they're set up well. They're physical and they play the game right. And I like the way they the way, the way set up. So, brother, I really appreciate your generosity and your time coming in on a good Friday. I hope all is well down there. Good luck next year, and we'll check in with you soon. Maybe when we get closer to your uh, your music festival down there. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Anytime. Okay, see you, man. Thanks, Riley Cote, former Philadelphia Flyer and head of Hemp Heels Foundation. Best part about the hemp plan, he told me in a recent interview, the mental clarity you get from essential fatty acids. Straight up, forget the hair and the skin and the nails. Okay, kids, we're opening up the phones. We'll go Vox Populi. Bring it. You've got two minutes to go wherever you want. I'll back up. Patrick will take your calls. We start now right after this break on 610 CKTV. Seven, eight, but it ain't finished yet. It's ignorance is only bliss to the inconsiderateness. Cold and molds crawling through the window wells. We're rolled, can't sound like dinner bells. It's a hold up, smoke out, breathless and choked out. No help for those who don't help themselves. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now. 905-688-2582-1877-610-2582 or text us at 61010. Welcome back. I am Jim Fannin. Get a little lust for life over here. Vox Populi starts now. Elsa in St. Catharines. Yes. You're on the Tom McConnell Show. Go ahead. Yes. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Um... You've had quite a, a varied um, a group of people doing interviews this morning. I, I really enjoyed them. And oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, in particular, Chris McCool. Um, I'm so looking forward to that concert on the 27th. Uh, we are very fortunate to have people of his caliber to perform. 
with the symphony. Yeah, I went down to catch my first show there not long ago. was really impressed. And, uh, yeah, we're trying to not just stack it with interviews, but bring a little bit uh, of culture and stuff that I'm not familiar with, you know, not just well, a straight I've up. Well, I've supported the arts for years, and I truly believe in them. And I was sorry that I missed that Bond concert. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was amazing. I'm sure, yes, I, I heard you comment on that. But like I say, I am looking forward to the one on the 27th. Awesome. Well, we always appreciate your calls. What do you got for us today? Oh, well, that's about it. Okay. I, mean, I You know, uh, I don't have anything negative to say, but, uh, you know, uh, just positive that the arts are very important. And as Chris said, he started when he was very young. Right. And I think that's important. I think there was a story about in Caracas, Venezuela, uh, you know, the kids on the street were getting into trouble. And then the wealthy people decided to, we've got to do something. So they got them into a music program, and their lives were turned around forever. So that's what music can do. Oh, I appreciate your time, Elsa. Thanks for chiming in today on Vox Populi. Stan in Toronto, what do you got for me? Uh, hi. Uh, I'm just want to make a coherent conversation, I hope. I'm a little nervous. It's okay. Take your time. Um, yeah, the topic I can speak about is uh, not not one of these warm and fuzzy topics, unfortunately, but it is uh, something that affects uh, almost uh, everybody in, in the province and in the country, and it, it's the uh, transport of oil. This is particularly true for Toronto. I don't think it is for Niagara. But uh, we have a pipeline coming through here, which will transport tar sands, toxic tar sands oil, um, and uh, it is in danger of it goes through most of the rivers in in the Toronto area. People don't realize that a flood can easily take out one of the uh, uh, pipes quite easily, and uh, I, I feel that. People are sleeping uh, in Toronto, and I just want to wake them up. Also, the transport of uh, back and crude oil from uh, North Dakota, the one that exploded in Lake Megantic, uh, it comes through regularly, still regularly, in Toronto. And uh, the only way to make it safe is to not transport it through here at all. Uh, and, And this is my opinion. I... I don't know if there's time for your own opinion. I know you have sponsors that are related to the um, the oil, uh, um, uh, like cars and stuff like that, which use oil. And I know they uh, you you're on a very tricky um, um, uh, spot. But uh, the truth has to come out, and, and this purpose of my call is just to make people aware that uh, it's going to affect the water quality and everything. Uh, uh, it, it, it even causing a war in, in the Ukraine. It, it has very long tentacles, so it's all related to oil transport. And Thank you very war. much, Stan. I appreciate it. we got to get to some more callers. We appreciate your participation on the Tom McConnell Show. Walter! Morning, uh, Tim. How are you today? Oh, good. Congratulations to the young guy. Be wise, young man. Be wise. I got a couple Who, the of millionaire things. kid? Yeah. yeah, that was a year ago, so he's he's doing oh, okay. He's not broke great. yet. So. Well, that's great. That's great. <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of ditties regarding uh, lottery, so I'll start now. Okay. Years ago, uh, Jim, uh, when 649 was one draw a week. And a dollar. And a dollar. I said, after four or five years, ah, oh, forget it. 
one winner, six million dollars. Every num every number came up. Oh, so that no. cost you three million bucks. The customer at the Loblaw store didn't like the numbers on her ticket, gave it back to the lady behind the convenience counter and got another ticket. The lady bought the ticket one million dollars. I hope she never told that woman about that, the customer. But you know the fire stations, Jim, they have two crews day and night. Uh, this one particular uh, station, for some unknown reason, they've been pooling for a few years together. So for some reason or other, this night captain unilaterally, didn't tell his men, unilaterally, he went to the day captain and said, this week we, we're going to go on our own. I got a good feeling about this. <laughs> Turned out to be a bad feeling. Uh, day crew won $10 million. So when they found out what the night captain did, they did a nice thing. They gave each of the night crew $50,000. And the other little gem was the guy left his wife two weeks later. She won a million dollars. He went back with his bags in his hand. And she opened the door. And he said, honey, I'm back. Slam! <laughs> you got to picture that in your mind. So um, the lesson is, if you've been playing the same numbers for years, don't do what I did and say, oh, this week I'll forget it, because I've said to a few people over the years, they've been there buying something else, and they said, oh, I'll forget this week, I won't buy it. And I tell them the story. The one, the one time I said, forget it, and it cost me $3 million. There's only one winner, $6 million. So that's the story, pal. It's nice to have you back. Thank you, Walter. More Vox Populi after this, right here on 610 CKTV. you got two minutes to sound off. Say whatever you want. We're going till 12.30. 12.30, we're going to bring in a couple more guests. Karen Frazier's in with us. She's going to talk Mo Mondays. And Darren Platicus going to talk to us about inspiring Canadians to value geographic and spatial thinking. But more Vox Populi after this. Phone lines are wide open right here on 610 CKTB. Street in the Garden City, St. Catharines. This is the Jim Fannin Show on News Talk 610 CKTV. Call anytime. 905-688-2582. Toll free at 1-877-610-CKTV. Pound 610 on the Bell Mobility Network or 61010. And now, Jim Fannin. Welcome back to Vox Populi. Rob Huffman in the booth now. My thanks to Pat Smolarek for running the first two hours flawlessly. I love that. Huffman running the board and take your calls, screening them up. And first off, we're going to Brian in Toronto, the caller of the year. 
also known as The Rock. Brian, how are you today? Not too bad, Flanagan. How are you doing? <laughs> it's all good, man. Love covering for TMC. Yeah, well, it's good for a change, you know. Now, do you get any? Do you get any pub when you walk into the bars up in Toronto or up north when you're at the cottage? People walk. You walk in and they go, "The Rock." No, no. I try to keep that secret. Nobody really knows. <laughs> okay. Just, know, just the anonymous caller on the phone. And does like your wife ever way. listen to the show? Uh, if she's home, that sort of thing. Okay. I was wondering about that. But uh, yeah, today I guess I, this is the 44th anniversary of my beard. <laughs> on Good Friday, 1970, I went into the hospital with acute appendicitis. Back then, you're off for six weeks. Yeah, I took the opportunity to grow a beard. Never shaved it since. <laughs> Boy, trademark beard. But uh, today, yeah, the, the Ukraine. You know, we're talking about sending troops, sending jets, all that. Sorry, folks, it's a done deal. Fate accompli. You know, uh, Stalin started out when he flooded the country with Russians way back when. And now Putin, the thug that he is, he's just going to seal the deal because he knows he can. Because he knows the leader of the free world, it's not FDR, it's not Harry Truman, it's not even a Ronald Reagan. It's an ex-socialist welfare, uh, you know, lawyer with no military experience, whose main claim to fame is he's a very smooth-talking BS artist. But that's all that's ever going to come out of his mouth is BS. He can draw all the lines in the world, but he knows he's not going to do anything about them. So that's why the Ukraine is lost, unless just hopefully it's just half the Ukraine and it stays there. Maybe send the jets over to just let them know, let NATO let him know that, okay, enough is enough, but don't depend on uh, Obama, because that's just not going to happen. Sorry, done deal. And everybody, have a happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, too. Brian, always great to have you in. Caller of the Year. Needs no introduction. The Rock. Sharon, you're in Toronto. What do you got? Sharon, you're live. Oh, yes, sorry. I didn't hear my first name. Um, Jim, I've got some statistics in what I'm going to say. If I forward it to you and people are interested, would you forward it on to them? Absolutely, sure. Pass. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yep. Last Sunday morning's news on CKTB, uh, the press, Canadian press reported that Environment Canada's recent report said that the oil sands had reached 25% of Canada's greenhouse gas emissions and had surpassed transportation in the generation of generating of greenhouse gas emissions. And they also said that about, uh, it's gone up about 70%. Emissions from the and due to the oil sands have gone up 70% since 1990. You know, my sense of logic tells me that emissions from fossil fuels are just not good. They're very bad. And from time to time, you know, I hear about the planet heating up due to the sun or other reasons, but nobody offers any solution, like catastrophes are forthcoming, and I'm offering no hope, and I'm supposed to just give up? I want to see our transmission, our transition off fossil fuels and get energy from renewables, which are, <clears throat> sorry, free after the installation of the infrastructure and jobs in the clean tech industry. You know, there are way more jobs in the clean tech industry over what we have in oil and gas extraction. Uh, clean tech, they, they produce components that are energy efficient, so they use less energy and are made for appliances, electric cars, mass transit, 
um, water systems and lighting for the city, even windmills. And Analytica Advisors, a company in Ottawa, has a comprehensive report which shows the amazing growth and potential of this industry. And BC's clean tech industry grew 48% and emissions lowered by 17 in just two years. And the mechanism that made it happen is a revenue-neutral carbon pricing. Citizens Climate Lobby, they support carbon and dividend and feel it is even better than the BC model and all the money collected would be distributed equally to all adults and nothing goes into government coffers. Uh, This week as well, the UN... In International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, they reaffirmed their call for carbon pricing. And this week as well, even Shell, BP, and other companies support the carbon pricing. We just have to choose what model we want. We want the money to go back to people, not to government. Um, so, you know, I'm urging people, call your MP, call your MPP, tell them you want a revenue-neutral carbon fee and dividend. Thank you, Sharon. I appreciate your time. Don't take advantage of the scrub filling in for Tommy today. I'm not I'm not timing yet two minutes. So do not take advantage of the replacement worker today. And the text message, I've been neglecting you as well there. So open phones on Vox Populi if you want to get in. A couple texts here. Oh, going back to the Lauks interview or call. Ask Lauks if he's running. Come on, Jeff. Fess up. You're on the blogs, on the radio. What gives? Well, that's from Andy Petrosky. <laughs> Where was Lauks on the lack of transparency at City Hall on Port Place? Oh, no. Lauks, are you running? Someone else wants to know. Jeff, are you running? <laughs> Happy Ishtar at 610 CKTB. Smiley face. Thanks for Vox. You're welcome. It's Tommy's show. Just filling in, but we uh, love to get your opinions. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to go to Kara and Frazier and talk about Mo Mondays. This is a movement that started some time ago, kind of us uh, just starting out, but locally in Niagara Falls, you can look for Mo Mondays for some inspirational uh, speakers to talk about transformation, talk about inspiration, some life-changing things. You get six speakers talking for a maximum of 10 minutes each, and then a live band usually closes closes it out. So at 12.30, Karen Frazier's going to come in and talk to us about Mo Mondays. 12.45, Darren Platicus is in the booth talking about geospatial Niagara. How it's growing, why we should care about it, what we're doing with it, and how it's affecting some of our commerce right here in Niagara and around the world. Geospatial Niagara is Darren Platicus is going to speak to us about that. 905 688 2582 are your digits, 1 877 610 CKTB. Pound 610 on the Bell Mobility Network is a free call. And text straight into the booth. It's open now. I'll pay a little bit more attention to you. 61010. Can you do another LSD show? <laughs> 
Rob Huffman probably wasn't here for that, but uh, yeah, we let loose one day. <laughs> Talking about high school and tripping. No, we're not going LSD radio. One more segment of Vox Populi. Two minutes for you to say whatever you want. I'll back up. Please respect the time. I can get my my clock out. Sunny, where's Sunny? Where's Clarice? Walter's in. There's there's the Sunny sneeze. Camps. That's Camps' bat call for Sunny. When he plays the Sunny sneeze, Sunny calls. So let's see if it works today. Heard from the Rock. Missing Hugo. Missing Clarice. Pick me up. 905-688-2582. Box Populi continues after this break. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at Champion, Canadian DJ, guy does not suck. Now, if I sign into Facebook here in the studio and Tim Dennis's profile comes up, should I maliciously Facebook as Tim, or do I just log I it out? I don't think it's malicious it's if you do what is called caging. Caging, to okay. Nicholas Cage, someone. Okay, tell me a little bit about one of those. Where you replace their profile photo <laughs> or their cover photo <laughs> right. as a picture of Nicolas Cage. Oh. Very subtle, not harmful at all, but still quite hilarious. Well, my associate producer, uh, Monique Charette here, uh, thinks that it's it's a, it's a, an honor and a privilege when someone leaves their Twitter page up, like Tommy did about three weeks ago. So I sign into Twitter. I don't even... Re- it just signs it automatically. I think I go to uh, uh, Theater Crisp. They were playing that day. So I go over to Theater Crisp, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't follow these guys. So I follow them. Then I retweet them. Then I click me, and it comes up as Tom. I'm like, oh, shoot. So I text them. Uh, I just signed in as you on Twitter. And I I followed somebody, and I retweeted it. And Monique says, no, it's your obligation. You have to tweet, like, I have hairy nipples or something. It almost is an obligation in this day and age. And if someone leaves their social media open, yeah. you must take and it And he down. said, I had no idea she was evil. I said, to the core, man. <laughs> so two weeks later, we're having lunch at the at the mansion house, the three of us. He says, I'm going back to the studio to sign out of Twitter right now. And Tim Dennis obviously didn't get the message. I'm trying to sign. I didn't do my Facebooking today before the show. But it, I feel like a, like an obligation, like I have to tweet something nasty on Tim Dennis's behalf. <laughs> this is what you call show filler. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> 905-688-2582. Phone lines are wide open. Good Friday, Vox Populi. Where's my girl Clarice? I told her I'd go pick her up. If she come down here for a listener party, I drive to Toronto, pick her up, bring her back. Maybe she'll stay the weekend. My thanks to the Millionaire Kid for coming in today. That was pretty cool. T. Barron talking about opening his club in the falls at Main and Ferry. 
the old bank. That was cool, but not Chris McCool. Chris McCool came in, Sultans of String, playing with the NSO, April 27th. That's going to be really heavy. Love it. Riley Cote is always a great guest. Riley Cote is a former tough guy from the Philadelphia Flyers back in the day. (laughs) And I always joke, I always get a Carey Price joke in, because this guy had a lot of penalty minutes. He was an enforcer. He was a tough guy, a fighter. And he scored one goal. One goal in eight years against Carey Price. So I was always good. You got any love for Carey Price? Remember when he let that goal in for you so you could finish your NHL career with one goal? So Riley Cote, always a good sport coming in, talking about Phantoms, Flyers, NHL, the Hemp Hills Foundation, and the music festival that he's got going on down there. Gratitude to you guys. Appreciate it. Now, Sunday on the show, 420. Oh, this is, there we go. The bat call goes out and Clarice answers the bell. Clarice, thanks for taking time to come into the Jim Fannin show covering for Tom McConnell. What do you got for me? Clarice? Yes? You want me to come and pick you up? I'll bring you down for the weekend. We'll go see a couple shows, have a couple drinks maybe? No, I'm too busy. All right. No. I have more important things. Rejection is something I'm used to, so I'm <laughs> fine with that. I just to wish you a good Friday. Well, thank you very much. Happy Easter. Thank and you. I see you do. You're doing very well for yourself, aren't you? Well, we have a lot of fun with it. I'm honored that the station's got enough confidence in me to let me fill in for one of my mentors and uh, yeah, somebody that's nice. given me a lot I of advice over the years. So fill in. I, I knew it already. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. You got something you want to go with for two minutes? Well, I just want to say, uh, well, uh, you probably heard about uh, Mayor Rob Ford. I'm sure he's going to be reelected for the mayor of Toronto. I mean, who, who are we going to have? Olivia Child, the socialist there. She wants to take care of everybody's children, you know, and spend millions of dollars. So uh, I think the parents can take care of their own children. So what do you think of that? I think that's an excellent call, Clarice. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Andy Petrowski, longtime participant on the show. Thanks for calling. Mr. Fannin, happy Good Friday to you. Just came out of Good Friday church service. What a great service, and uh, what a great weekend to be able to celebrate the uh, death and the resurrection of our living and risen God, my friend. Yep, it's a good day. Hey, Jim, um, is this Vox still? It is. Hit it. I, I just wanted to say, I'm going to be brief, I'm, I'm very disappointed by the wind government. Surprise, surprise, and Mr. Bradley for... Uh, putting in uh, place a chief of staff here in Niagara from out of town, uh, number one. Number two, uh, this gentleman here, the very fact, Jim, that he was attached to the um, Air Orange uh, scandal, I believe he was describing the paper as the boss of, of the guy, Mazza or whomever, who's been uh, tagged with all sorts of problems. But, but also, Jim, you know, it's not like this person is completely blemish-free himself because uh, according to the news article, he also uh, he took uh, upon himself to uh, charge a multi hundred thousand, four hundred sixty thousand dollar consulting fee. And I'm just surprised, Jim. I'm just surprised that we can't do better than that and 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 uh, and bring in uh, a local person, not a liberal appointment, not another person feeding from the trough again. Uh, you know, this is just more and more of the same. And Jim, I'll tell you this. All the reason, all the reason why we need to have an election uh, to tell Miss Wynn and her liberal friends we've had enough of you guys. 
and uh, we want to be able to have our say in the next and very soon election poll. Jim, happy Easter to you and your listeners. Yep. Now, have Andy, have you changed your mind? Do you think we're going to go to a spring election? Do you think uh, Horvath's going to pull the plug on the wind government? Yes. You I do. do now, eh? Uh, yeah. I'm it's starting to look now. like it now because the NDP's got snap nomination riding in the in ridings all over the, the province now. So. You know, Jim, I, I'm hearing late last week of June go to the polls, a uh, typical lib- liberal move when nobody's around. But you know what, uh, Ms. Wynn, Mr. Bradley, and your fellow uh, cronies, uh, we will we will hang around. We'll make sure we place our vote because we had enough of those folks. Andy, are you driving over the Brigoing Bridge? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're okay. You're not okay driving over it. You scared me, Jim. No. Why would it? No. Absolutely. That's not. crazy. Want, I'm going to ask Public Works on uh, on Tuesday morning. What the heck is going on with that? All right, brother. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Twelve twenty-eight is your time. Karen Fraser is coming up next. We're going to talk Mo Mondays right after this on six ten CKTB. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk six ten. Call now. 905-688-2582 1-877-610-2582 or text us at 61010 Welcome back, I'm Jim Fanning covering for Tom McConnell until 1 o'clock I've got the Nick Cage pictures downloaded saved on the desktop I'm scared though I, I, don't, want to, I don't want Tim to get mad at me that's, I don't want anyone screwing with my Facebook when I leave it open, but I'm careful not to leave it open. But what do you think, Rob? Well, that's she, the thing. If you're going to dish it out, Charette's called me a coward if I don't. She's really egging me on, or she's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. The peer pressure in the room. Yeah, it's, it's bad. All right. Well, I'm, I'm teetering. <laughs> Karen Fraser, thanks for coming in. Tell us all about Mo Mondays. What, what is this? Mo Mondays. Last November, my son called me and said, Mom, I'm speaking at an event tonight, and if you want to come by and hear me speak, you're welcome to. So, In Toronto? Yep. Yeah. So I went into Toronto and um, attended the event, and it was this, the format of Mo Mondays of six speakers giving inspirational thoughts about their lives, their own lives, and... I was so taken from the whole show that I went home and said, I have got to be part of this. Many times when you want to go out for the evening and you think, well, you know, where where can I go? And you think you're going to a club or a comedy club and that you're going to have fun. You you have no idea what content is going to be there. You don't know how many F-bombs are going to be thrown out during the evening. And sometimes you go home disappointed and wishing you'd never gone. But for Mo Mondays, we have six speakers every every show. Some of them are professional speakers, but the majority are, are locals. And there's no swearing, okay. <laughs> which I'm very happy about. Uh, no one's allowed to sell you anything, so you don't feel like you've been misled by coming out for the evening. And you go home just so inspired and so uplifted that you can go home and think, okay, the world's not so bad. Yeah. Now, tell me a little bit about the dates. and Second Tuesday of every month and the location. Okay. 
for Niagara Falls. It is the second Monday of every month. We are using the location of North Rocks in Niagara Falls, which is at the corner of Victoria and Bridge. North Rocks, is that a club, restaurant? Mm -hmm. Club. Okay. And that gives you the atmosphere of music, ordering food, mingling. Okay. Mo Mondays is supposed to be um, mingling and socializing and, and having a good interactive evening. So this is brand new. How many events have you run? I've had two so far. Okay, and mm-hmm. six speakers at each one? Yes. Who, who spoke? Uh, at our first evening, we had Mark Matthews. Okay. And he spoke about his kidney transplant and how it affected his life. Right. And he just gave an excellent speech. And that evening, we also had Aaron Berger. Aaron Berger. Yes. He's a rock star, played on yes. this show a couple times. Yes. What a what a gifted musician, oh, you know. He is. I got tricked into the Black Flies came in, tricked me into <laughs> listening to this. I put it in my deck. It's still in my in my car on my deck. And you know, I when he hit that song entitled St. Catharines, I almost lost my like I'm, I heard it in the song, but it's entitled St. Catharines as being a homer. Mm-hmm. Uh what a talented guy though. And the musicians all you know, there's no ego amongst the musicians and they just love and support each other and he talked about his depression and and how tough topic for someone to come out on yes and but he gave an excellent speech about it and how it's affected him since then and how the musicians have rallied around him wow and you just yeah you go home thinking wow Mm-hmm. Yeah, depressions are one of those real stigmatizing conversations that a lot of people don't want to come out because of the fear of of the label that they yes. get put on them. So good for him. Yes. I understand Clark Bitter spoke to you as well. Clark Bitter spoke at our last... He's got some great information too. And he talked about love of community and nice. how um, being interactive with a community actually grows your own self-esteem and who you meet and how the community grows and how you as a person grows because of that. Now, are you going to make me sign a contract if I agree to come and speak before your group? And and no swearing. That'll no be a, swearing. That'll be a completely, you know, I've got a filthy mouth. That'll be a completely different, if I can do it on air, I can do it anywhere, I guess. Yes. But uh, you know me well enough that even the guys I hang around with, you leave there going, wow, there's a lot of F-bombs at that meeting. <laughs> somebody that's sensitive to it so that's good that it's a community-based and uh and g-rated i guess eh? well those that know me personally know i can't i can't abide by swearing and so yeah. everybody does edit themselves when they're around me anyway so that's yeah. another another reason why i love mo mondays okay for now, myself because i i, I can't take it <laughs> great now website twitter address facebook how do we get a hold of you and uh when's the next event the next show is May 12th. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, North Rocks, the location of that again? On the corner of Victorian Bridge. Okay, in so Falls. right down in Queen Street District. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess this is part of the whole revitalization effort. Have you had a hand in that? A little bit off and on at the very beginning when uh, they had to celebrate downtown um, committee. I was right. on that committee. So, And because I was part of the still am part of the Arts and Culture Committee. We're always keeping an eye on what's happening. So you're politically active still with the Green Party as well, or no? Still chair of the Green Party. Are you? Good for you. For the riding. I've been chair since 2005 for the Green Party. So you're expecting that we're going to be going to the polls provincially? Looking forward to it. And who's going to be your candidate? Clark Bitter. 
Oh, okay. Is he got his nomination? Is that a done deal, or somebody got? Maybe I'll run against him just for the hell of it. <laughs> no, you're so, in the wrong riding. <laughs> Clark Bitter's good, good to go. Corey Cruz. Cor- is this Corey the the real Corey Cruz? It is the real Corey Cruz, bro? Thanks for listening, man. That's oh, really cool. I That's because he show. knows I'm his groupie. Oh, dude, we had so much fun in here. That clip on YouTube is that Corey Cruz is one of my favorite clips of this show. Oh, Telling busting your back about uh, oh, how's the Corey Cruz doing over here? Did he, he didn't wet the bed, did he? Good oh, thing he was- brought the lyrics, and I'm like scrub. You know it's loving teasing, man. We got a lot of oh, time absolutely. for you guys. It was amazing because you sounded like God because I didn't know where the voice was coming from. <laughs> I hear that a lot. <laughs> well done, Corey. You got some comments on Mo Monday? Yeah, I. Uh, Aaron actually asked me to play uh, at Mo Mondays last Monday, and uh, I had an amazing time. Um, just the, the positive spin on the whole evening really caught me off guard. Like she said, it was going to be positive, but. I really encourage anyone to uh, to come out and, and have a peek because these these speakers that are they're really speaking from the heart, like uh, you mentioned before, Clark Bitter about community and uh, Justin O'Donnell and uh, Kelly was there. Uh, Terry McCarty actually had an amazing uh, uh, "Is Life a Private Affair?" speech, and it really it really uh, hit home with me. And I just uh, wanted to say I encourage anybody to uh, to come out and check it out because it's, it's an amazing evening. Yeah, a lot of familiar names. Justin O'Donnell, I mean, 15 years ago, was in my Toastmasters group down here at the uh, Tuesday nights they used to do at the library. I'm sure they still do. Wow. Uh, we had a bunch of groups. So when I saw him, and I think he's in the financial business or something, uh, when I saw his uh, picture up there, I'm like, oh, there's a fellow Toastmaster. Awesome. Wow. So, yeah, some good inspiration. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out to, uh, to Karen and thank her for that because it's, uh, you know, it's something Niagara Falls needs, and I can see big things for this. It's, it's amazing. Where can we thank catch you. you coming up? Corey, you got any gigs we can come out and see you play? Yeah, I'm actually uh, playing the uh, Niagara uh, Food and Wine Expo on the uh, May 3rd and May 4th. Okay, cool. So is that at uh, Convention Center in Niagara Falls? Or the Niagara Food and Wine Expo. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Scotia Scotia Bank Convention Center. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Thanks for calling yeah. in. All right, guys. That was Corey Cruz. Yes. Wow, you know, get he did an amazing job. Yes. Yeah. Nicely done. And so in our last show, Jim Dodi stopped by, did our he? mayor, yes, and he gave a 10-minute speech about, um, you know, when you fall down, you get up and you keep trying. Yeah. You fall down again, you get up and you keep trying. Love Jimmy that, D. When Jim was here... I just love that he's got so much information. So mm-hmm. he was great on air, but he's even better off air because he's just got so much enthusiasm yeah. and so so much information. Of all the guests I've had in here recently, uh, I really appreciate the off air conversation with Jim Diodati. And we all know he's the guy with the bags of money at the end of the go train. <laughs> so uh, I really appreciate his enthusiasm, his love of community, and just picking the right topics. And we've seen the NDP pick up on this. And 610 CKTB just uh, yesterday launched their new initiative for the GO Transit coming to Niagara yeah. Falls. So forget the two trains in the summer. We need it to two, four trains every day for sure. in uh for the rest of uh for the rest of the commuters to get around and uh help build our our community down here. Karen Fraser, I really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Well, I just wanted to say that if you um go to momondays.com slash Niagara Falls, get advance tickets. They're only ten dollars in advance, fifteen dollars at the door. So if you you know, can get those advance tickets. How many people are you getting out? 
for for the events. Show. How many people have been there for your first couple of events? Well, because it's because it's new to the yeah. area, we've ha- we've had 35, 40 people nice. each time so far. So that's pretty that good. is brand I mean, for a lot of new. these bands, you get 35, mm-hmm. 40 people comes out. That's a good night for these mm-hmm. guys. And I'm thinking, well, geez, how can you not sell? How can you not get 200 people to come out? But I mean, this is uh, so yeah, 35, 40 people for the first two events. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. So the room holds a good hundred or so. So we've got nice. lots of room to grow. And coming up May t- uh, 12th, do you have mm-hmm. anyone booked solid yet? Well, if you're going to be there, that's I will fun. be there, damn straight. Yes, we do have Kelly. Uh, she's booked, and we're... Um, so you got a couple more spots still. Oh, for sure. I have I You have can a hit up on Tim Dennis. I'm going to put a new profile picture of him up very soon. <laughs> Call him Nick Cage. But you got a lot of talent you can pull from here. And Biggs and Barr on the 97 side, these guys will kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they might not be able to keep it clean, though. Karen <laughs> Fraser, coming up next... Darren well, thank Platicus. You very much. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Darren Platicus coming up next. We're going to talk geospatial Niagara. And what the hell is it? Right here on 610 CKTV. is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at 61010. Welcome back. I am Tim Dennis on Facebook. <laughs> Trying to upload his photo as Nick Cage. Don't tell anyone. I don't want to get mad at me. Darren Platicus, thanks for taking the time. Tell us all about Geospatial Niagara. Not a problem. Pleasure to be here. Uh, Geospatial Niagara is a nonprofit organization that is uh, striving to promote geoliteracy in uh, our local population, local students in K to 12, and also engage citizens in uh, geography. Okay, and now how's that impact our community? Uh, well, we have a number of programs at Brock University. Uh, we have the Geography Department at Brock and the Tourism and Environment Program. Uh, there's a number of programs at Niagara College as well, uh, Environmental Technician and the Geographic Information Systems programs. And I feel these are industry programs that uh, can spawn the uh, talent base f- for a geospatial economy or geospatial technology and information economy in Niagara. And what is the mandate? Uh, the mandate is basically to promote geoliteracy and community participation through geography. Um, if people have a smartphone, they're part of geography because a lot of their smartphones are uh, GPS-enabled, and uh, they drop geolocation whether they know it or not, for the most part. Okay, now how does that affect our economy? Um, geospatial information and technologies... Uh, Basically, if you think of uh, organizations that maybe want to introduce a new uh, product, they'll Twitter it out or, uh, you know, put some form of information out. And uh, wherever they get the most response, that's geolocation. Oh. And then they can target, well, maybe this area will be a new, uh, maybe this market will be the test area for this new product because they seem to be uptaking it really well. Okay. Um, and it, it goes from basically from idea inception all the way to uh, delivery because uh, geospatial technologies and information deals a lot with uh, travel logistics. 
um, like delivery trucks, for example, we want to do delivery routes with no left turns, all right turns. Right. And it, it impacts the, the delivery times and, and things like that. You want to take a call? Sure, why not? Yeah, Jeff and St. Catharines, you're on with Darren Platicus. Hey, Darren, it's Jeff Lokes. I just wanted to hey, Jeff. call in and uh, you know, wish you luck. And You know, I've been a big promoter of geospatial Niagara. And I uh, just wanted to also mention that uh, the CEO of Cisco just uh, predicted that this type of technology will be a 14 billion dollar industry but in the next 10 years so it's adding uh data location to everything we do from contact lenses to refrigerators to our windows everything uh, is going to be data enabled as we move forward with this data driven culture so i wanted to support you with that and uh thank you uh, say that i'm a big supporter of what you're trying to do with geospatial thank you very much appreciate it jeff lokes one call per show. Don't try and get over on my new producer. You know Rob Huffman just came into the board, onto the board here. Talk about pulling one over on the show host. Jeff, I need you to tweet out what you're running for, man, because you're way too high a profile right now to be, not be running for anything. Darren Platicus is my guest. We're talking about geospatial Niagara, how it affects our kids' edu- education, uh, the impact on Niagara, and... Commerce, including e-commerce, I suppose, all kinds of commerce. E-commerce, all kinds of commerce. Um, If you take a look at, say, the Niagara region's um, economic uh, statement in terms of uh, investments and things like that, every sector that is talked about in that document has a geospatial component to it. And um, that's like the spinoff economy for those particular economies. So take, for example, agriculture. Uh, and in particular in Niagara, say viticulture, you have precision agriculture or pre- precision viticulture techniques that utilize uh, spatial information in terms of fertilizers or irrigation or um, harvest potentials and things like that. Now, you've got a town hall meeting coming up. Who's participating in that? And uh, when is it? Where, uh, where is it? Uh, the town hall uh, we're having at the end of May on the 27th. It's uh, happening, it's coinciding with the uh, the large uh, Congress of uh, Humanities and Social Sciences Conference up at Brock University. So we're holding it on May 27th at 6 p.m. Uh, doors are going to open at 530. Uh, it's going to be held at Laura Secord Secondary School in the auditorium, my alma mater. Oh, really? And um, we have a number of panelists that are uh, coming out, including um, uh, Dr. Brent Hall, who is the Education and Research Director at Esri Canada, um, James Boxall, who is on the uh, is a governor in the Royal Canadian Geographical Society, and uh, a number of uh, instructors and professors from Brock University and Niagara College. Um, myself is going to take part, and uh, we're basically going to be there to talk about our career paths, um, how we got to where we are, uh, and inspire or hope to inspire uh, students in grades seven to twelve, uh, and even answer questions for their parents about what could my kid do with a degree in geography. And uh, we're hoping to inspire them to to pursue a geographic education uh, through through high school and take advantage of the programs that we have here at Brock University in Niagara so they don't have to leave the Niagara region to obtain this education. Now, you're a local St. Catharines guy. What's your business background? Uh, my business background, I, in terms of what... 
Yeah, well, career? Um, well, currently I work full-time for Niagara Region in the planning and development services. Um, Geospatial Niagara is uh, started originally as a LinkedIn group. Uh, to, really? To keep, yeah, to keep in touch. Um, the GIS program at Niagara College only has about 35 or 40 students every year, and it's a pretty tight-knit group of, of individuals, and uh, the graduates perpetuate every year. And we like to stay connected. So, um, and a lot of those graduates are from Niagara, but they had to leave uh, Niagara to to find employment elsewhere. So it was a way for them to keep in touch with what's happening in Niagara. And uh, through an informal poll uh, of about you know sixty or seventy people that I did on the uh, Facebook group, um, overwhelmingly about eighty percent of them either want to return home if there was um, a geospatial or GIS type of job here. Right. Um, people that have joined, uh, who have come for the program from other parts of the country or other parts of the world want to stay here because, I mean, the quality of life is just so fantastic, uh, They and they just want to stay here. It's something that gets missed and all the, you know, we're over-governed, we're overtaxed, and too many politicians and stuff. Quality of life, I'm so glad to hear you say that, yeah. is one of our greatest qualities, I think. You know, we've got safe, well-lit streets, we've got beautiful parks, we're close to just about everything, and, and an hour from Toronto, you can't find a better deal in southwestern Ontario exactly. or southern Ontario, real estate-wise. Yeah, and I mean, everything that you mentioned there has a geospatial component to it. So mm-hmm. you can do analysis of real estate. You can do an analysis of you know transportation. I would rather spend forty five minutes driving from Grimsby to a job in Fort Erie than spending two hours on the uh, Gardner Expressway between uh, Jamison and Spadina. Amen to that. <laughs> Thank you very much for your coming in, no Darren Platicus. A uh, couple of websites, links, Twitter. Sure, uh, you can find us on the uh, on the web geospatialniagara.com. Uh, Twitter is at geoniagara all lowercase, and you can also find us on Facebook, uh, Geospatial Niagara. I'm Jim Fannin. We're in 420 is our next show. Sunday, Alex Carrick, Chief Economist for Reed Construction Data, is going to talk about his report on St. Catharines and Niagara. We've got Dana Larson from Sensible BC, going to talk about his fight to get weed legalized and way, way more. We're going two hours on Sunday, so check us out right here at noon till 2 o'clock. I'm Jim Fannin for Tom McConnell. I'm out. Well, I fear the sooner